Hello from Clio Cloud Conference 2018 in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Jason Taché of the ABA Journal. And I'm Kat Moon. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here in the Big Easy. And today we're talking about uh, innovation and the future of the legal profession. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our longtime sponsor, Clio, whose conference is being featured in the series of episodes. If you like what you're hearing, why not check out their conference for real, along with 1,500 other legal professionals at next year's 2019 Clio Cloud Conference. For more information, visit cliocloudconference.com. That's C-L-I-O cloudconference.com. Now, let's get into it. So, Kat, uh, before we jump into what you were talking about today, uh, give us a little bit of background. What do you do when you are not going to conferences in New Orleans? Sure. So, I do a few things. I teach at Vanderbilt Law School. So, this semester, I'm teaching my course in human-centered design for law. It's called Legal Problem Solving. I will be teaching laws of business, so teaching law students about how to operate um, a business in the law, and I'm also going to be teaching blockchain and smart contracts next semester, so I'm very excited about that. And I have another title at Vanderbilt. I'm the Director of Innovation Design in the Program in Law and Innovation. So tell me, what is user-centered design for law? Wow. I don't know that we have time for me to answer that question. So, I mean, in a nutshell, human-centered design is a couple of things. It's a process for problem solving that puts the users, the people you're solving problems for, at the center of the whole process. And um, so it's kind of a circular five-step process. It's also a set of mindsets, which I think are actually the most powerful part of it. I find them to be superpowers, actually. Things like um, running small experiments, curiosity, um, comfortable with ambiguity, not having a fear of failure, good things like that. Okay. So trying to get law students to be thinking outside of doctrine, discrete legal Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. So yeah, what it is really, it's not, well, let me say this. I think that learning to think like a lawyer is critical. And that's what law schools do really, really well. Um, I do not think in the 21st century that lawyers will survive if all they do is think like lawyers. I think we need other tools. So I call thinking like a lawyer a hammer. It's incredibly valuable, but you can't build a house with a hammer. You need other tools. So I really focus on bringing other tools like human-centered design into the problem-solving process. And so today you gave a talk about innovation in the legal profession, and I'm assuming maybe legal user-centered design was a component of this? Yes. Well, so I did introduce the concept, and it was also introduced in the earlier keynote this morning from the guys who wrote Design Your Life. Um, so there was a little context for it, which was nice. I didn't have to go into detail, as much detail. What I really ended up focusing on, and um, this is what my current research is focused on, is the idea um, and evidence for curiosity being critical to the entire innovation process. So it really is the underpinning of creativity, which leads to innovation. It's also a mindset of human-centered design. So what we focused on in my talk today uh, was primarily the power of curiosity, um, the superpowers it gives us, and how to cultivate it in our daily lives. Are you saying then that currently the legal profession isn't terribly curious? So I think that there are individual members of the legal profession that are very curious, I think. And um, I'm echoing a really fantastic article that Carolyn Elephant wrote in um, Above the Law. She pointed out that 
law schools kill curiosity and that this is very bad for the legal profession. And so um, I agree with Carolyn, and that's one reason I teach it to law students. But I also think that as a profession, cultivating curiosity is going to be critical to meaningful innovation. How does law school kill curiosity? Teaching law students how to think like a lawyer um, is a very specific process that seeks very specific answers. It is not a process that encourages outside the box thinking, and it's very linear and logical. So again, that's a tool that can be very helpful, um, but it is not a tool that really encourages curiosity. It's a tool that encourages seeking a single right answer, a single series of right answers. So we talked about the user-centered design component that you talked about today. Mm -hmm. Are there other uh, means that you talked about to improve curiosity in the legal perfection? Well, so we talked about all the um, benefits of curiosity. So curious people are smarter. Curious people are better problem solvers. Curious people are better collaborators. Curious people are stronger, have more grit and perseverance. So we talked about research that supports that. Um, and then I talked about really concrete steps that someone can take starting tomorrow to cultivate their curiosity. What are those steps? Ah, some of my favorite things. Um, so one is to listen, to listen more than you talk. And we hear that a lot. I feel like somebody's always tweeting that on Twitter, but do we really do it? And so I really encourage folks to think about asking more questions and listening and, and talking less. A second way to cultivate curiosity, I love this particular method, is to become an explorer. Become somebody who just wants to learn new things. And so, so many ways to do that. And really to just roll that into your daily existence. If you're already on Twitter, you probably already are exploring, but adding blogs to just your daily reading, paying attention to interesting people on Twitter, um, becoming a stalker of interesting people. So explorers also really like to meet new people and learn from them. Um, I did give a shout out to my friend Lori Gonzalez because I think she is a master stalker and um, amazingly curious person. And so that's really how you get introduced to new ideas um, is through other people who are really interested in new ideas. Do you have an example recently where employing some of these steps opened you up to something you hadn't been thinking about before? Oh, gosh, it happens to me daily. It happens to me in the classroom. So I really encourage the students to approach things with great curiosity. And they will bring in ideas really every class session. Um, they bring up a point that I'd never thought about. And so I really try to empower them to take that and run with it. And then I then integrate it into our future coursework. So I think it's, it's, for me, it's like a constant loop and I love learning from the students that way. So a couple more questions for yes. before we let you go. The talk was about the future of the legal profession. Where do you think the profession's headed? I believe that the legal landscape is this beautiful verdant green field full of opportunity. And I believe that it is simply up to us to understand what it's going to take to take advantage of that opportunity, how to um, reap the seeds that we can sow. And so I'm very optimistic where other people see challenge. I like to reframe it as opportunity. That's part of the human-centered design perspective as well. Um, so I think we are headed in an amazing direction if people choose to accept the mission and embrace change and really focus on innovation, which by the way, um, I define innovation as change that creates value. 
and it can be tiny, tiny change. It could be huge change. But I think that we all have the capacity to be innovators and to be part of positive innovation in the profession. So for the people that were listening and have decided they're going to be more curious, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Oh, they can um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at InspiredCat, and they are welcome to email me directly. I'm c.moon at Vanderbilt.edu. Great. Well, thank you very much uh, for talking with us today. And we have reached uh, the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guest, Kat Moon, for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Hey.